Well, welcome back, dolls, to another episode of So My Mom's a Therapist. This week, I have Trey Tucker back with me. He's been on before. He's a licensed marriage and family therapist. I love it when he comes on because we come from two very different perspectives, not only because we're male and female, but just also coming from it from different lens. So we're answering your questions this week. A great questions coming in, and I'd encourage you to keep sending them. Send them to Lisa at SoMyMomsTheTherapist.com. Send a voice memo, 60 to 90 seconds. I've got quite a few coming in through my DMs and Instagram, and I would encourage you to send them there as well. But today, we're looking at questions that have to do, again, with how do I trust my partner and all around the phone. I feel like those stinking phones cause us more, sometimes more more trouble, more heartache than they do good. I don't know. Maybe that's such a mom move to be like, I just want to take the phone and chuck it out the window. I, I remember when the kids were little, there would be times that I'm like, that's it. We're all going off the grid. And they're like, yeah, no. No, we're not. (laughs) So today we're looking at that. How do I build trust in a relationship? Another great question around what if I have doubts? What if I have doubts in my in my relationship? And again, we're looking at obsession. And the reason I say again is because I feel like that's a common topic on on TikTok of videos of I want someone that's obsessed with me. And then Trey and I kind of put our heads together and go, do we really do we really want that in a partner? Let's flesh that one out. So we're navigating your questions. We're bouncing things off of each other. And if you have a chance, if you could go on rate, review, and subscribe either on Spotify or Apple, that allows us to continue to reach more people. You know, as as always, dolls, we are just here to add value. We are here to add support in life because life is not always easy and some of us don't have access to a therapist. Disclaimer, it's not therapy, but we're sharing with you with you what we know, what we've learned in our own personal lives and from our job of sitting with people and helping them navigate life. If you're looking for more support, you can check out my stand store where there's videos up, online groups, other resources to help you as you're navigating life. So with that, won't you join Trey and I as we're answering your questions. All right. Well, Trey, welcome back again. I always love having you on. Such uh, a treat. I've, I've looked forward to this for so many weeks now. It's going to be fun one again. I know. You know, I'm kind of proud with proud of us. We said like, hey, let's let's make this a thing where it happens again. And we're actually making it happen again, which in my world, when you follow through with things, I just have to celebrate those moments. <laughs> hey, man, we got we got to feel good for the stuff that we say we're going to do and actually follow through and do. Right, right. We need, I mean, sometimes we just keep going and we have to be like, no, like we need to stop and be like, oh, look at us go. We're actually adulting quite well. So I, I have to at least do that. Yes. How are, how are you doing? We're, what we're going to be doing today, just to catch everybody up, we're going to go back again to answering questions. Um, Trey, for those of you that don't know you, can you introduce yourself and why I'm having you on to answer questions with me? Sure. So you and I have become fast friends ever since the first time I came on to your show, maybe April, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. So I'm also a licensed mental health therapist along with you. And between our videos and our actual conversations, we've just realized we are just kindred spirits that yeah. come, at, come at a lot of these situations with the same mindset. So yeah, it feels like kind of a, a tag team duo here. It does. It does. So I love it that I get another set of eyes on these questions. Again, this isn't therapy, but we also a lot of people don't have access to a therapist or the knowledge that we have and the understanding of relationships or how we see things. So we are just bringing two different fresh perspectives um, on dating and relationships, both from our our work um, as practitioners, as clinicians, from our personal life, from those uh, friends and family around us. And again, I always say, and this is one thing I think I get from you, although I don't want to speak from you, is like, I feel like both of us are 
like we put ourselves in the trenches with people. We're not, we don't have it all figured out. We're just figuring out life still. And we just really, I just put myself in the trenches with people to say, you know, people are complicated. Relationships are complicated. And we just want to share with you what we know we're learning as we go through life along with everybody else. Oh yeah. Yeah. I love that because the moment I start thinking that I've got it figured out, life comes along and just reminds me that uh, <laughs> right? Nope, right? Not even close. I almost feel like the minute you say in your mind, like, okay, I'm getting this. It's good. It's almost like pa-pam, like you're, you're down. And I'm like, damn, that was a hard fall. Like, all right, we're, we're down here again. <laughs> <laughs> Keeps us humble, but Hey, if you're not humble, you're not relatable. So, that's, you know, it's, Oh, I like good. that. I like that. If you're not humble, you're not, you're not relatable. <laughs> well, before we jump into the questions, catch me up on life. What's new on your end? Anything anything new on your end? I, I we, we were talking about a little bit new background, which I kind of like if you're watching on YouTube. I, I, I'm kind of liking it. It's like very like classic. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, I have no idea about interior decorating or anything of the lab <laughs> of sorts. So I'm just trying to figure out something that makes me look halfway intelligent behind me. So I, I would love your input on the background at any point. But uh, as far as me, I, I, I love fall mainly because mm-hmm. of college football. And I, I'm I'm a Gator fan. I know you're a UCLA fan, so yes. we, can, we can we don't. I don't think we've our schools have ever played each other that I, don't I know think about. So. But no. But, but between college football being on and the leaves changing where I am here in the southeast, I mean, I, fall is just where it's at for me. Yeah, and there was this. There was some good football this weekend. Now, if you're what what you can't see if you're listening to the podcast is I've got like two Steeler signs behind me, a Steeler sweatshirt on. I look like I'm <laughs> vomiting Steelers, and I'm. That's not even my team. I'm not. I like college over pro any any day, but it's it's my man's team. And I all of a sudden look like I mean, I just threw it on and then realized like it's it's everywhere. Right. And and then on top of it, I don't just talk to talk about being relatable. Like, <laughs> so I don't know if you can see this, but it looks like I have like a massive hickey on my neck. And I was curling my hair yesterday, and I screamed, and I'm like, ah. I burned myself with the curling iron and then I'm like, oh my gosh, it now looks like I have a hickey on my leg, my neck. And my daughter's like, what did you do? And I'm like, and she's like, oh my gosh, and you have a hickey on your neck. I'm like, no, it's the curling iron. She's like, yeah, that's what we all say. And then I was like, wait, it, it truly is. It's not my excuse. I'm not 16. And I'm not excusing it anymore. Like, like, so I feel like, like, I look like I'm like vomiting Steelers and I have a hickey on my neck and everything in me wants to be like, this is not me, but today it is. Today it I is. Mean, between the two of our situations here, we we better be relatable with all I, this stuff. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So I mean, yeah, I don't think that's any more relatable than that. Like, I can't even cover it up. It's just like it's like so. But now I'm like, I have to go into the office. I have a full client load today, and it, I'm I'm like, do I tell them it's just a curling iron, or do I just pretend like I don't even see it and it's not there? I haven't decided which round I'm going to go yet today. Right. <laughs> To use the geeky counseling term, are you going to use immediacy or not? You know? Yes, exactly. Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Cool. So, no, I'm with you. I love fall. Um, I've definitely had my dose of pumpkin lattes lately and um, love, I mean, being in California, it, it gets a little cloudy and we're like, it's winter, you know, and so we pull out the parkas because it's 68. And so we're all, we're all excited over here. It actually rained this weekend and I was beside myself excited. And there's something about rain and cold weather and football that just makes me so happy. And uh, I love it. Absolutely. All right. Well, are we ready to get into our questions for this week? 
I'm ready. Let's do it. Okay. So we have one that's going to be a voice memo and then two I'm going to be reading out loud. Also, if you guys have questions, keep sending them to Lisa at SoMyMomsTheTherapist.com. 60 to 90 second voice memos. If that's really, really uncomfortable, you can send them in a written form, although we prefer the voice memos. But I know a lot of you don't have access to therapy or can't afford it or find someone you connect with. And so that's why we create this, this platform for you guys. So with that, let's get into it. Um, hiya, so um, firstly, thank you so much for the videos and contents you've been making. Um, so my question's about avoidant attachments with anxious attachment in um, relationships. When it comes to phone transparency, especially if there's been indiscretions in the past, that's been forgiven by like, social media cheating or like, you know, messages and things like that. And how do we approach that? He keeps saying he wants to give me transparency but is unable to because for me, after I found out, I said, I can't do this until, unless I get transparency, otherwise, you know, your words <laughs> don't mean anything. So we've been working on it, but then at the end it was sort of, this doesn't work for me. And I sort of wanted to know your perspective and understanding on how could maybe he approach the whole transparency because it's, he says it feels like a straight jacket and things like that. And it had to end and, you know, anyways, Thank you so much. I love that. Well, I think that's so relatable, that sense of transparency and trust. Now, I want to make sure I'm understanding the question right. Did it sound to you like she was saying they broke up or things had to end or he's saying this has got to stop like this behavior? The clear, clearest part to me was that he's saying it's got to stop, but I couldn't quite decipher what she meant about things have to end or, or something about forgiveness as well. Yeah. So it, it sounded to me like there was a trust issue. Like I, If I read that correctly, it sounds like there's this, this anxious attachment and then avoidant attachment. And then there's a sense of, did you catch the trust issue in there or did I make that up? Cause I'm just on that bandwagon today. Oh yeah. I don't know if she said the word trust, but that was all over what she was saying. Yeah. Well, so let's start with that. Like when you think, you know, it's so interesting. I just did a group. I've been putting these groups together. They're maxed out at 10 people, but I do an online training once a month. And the one I did yesterday was on, I can't trust having a really hard time trusting your partner, whether they're personally the ones that rupture trust or it's in your history. So I just talked about this for like three hours yesterday. But I'm curious, when we talk about building trust in a relationship, particularly around phones, particularly around social media and having a partner and trusting your partner and noticing bringing in that anxious and avoidant attachment, any any thoughts about building trust in a healthy relationship that come to mind? Goodness. The first thing that comes to mind is the idea of, of playing a policeman for the other person, the other partner that I've just never seen that work. And so specifically when it comes to the phones, uh, I've just, maybe it can work. I've just never personally seen that work where one partner is the policeman over the other person's phone. But as far as building the trust, yeah, that, that from day one, from date one, that's, you, you got to notice the little things about what does this person say, even if it's something small, do they keep their promises? It's kind of like you and I were joking about earlier about the, the intention of trying to make this, this podcast and me guesting a regular thing. Yeah. Do we at least make the intention of following that up? And a lot of times what I've noticed is if somebody is really faithful in the little things, then they're end up, they're going to end up being faithful in the bigger things. So to me, looking for those little things early on is one thing. Oh, I, I think that's so important. I think that's a good place for us to start because I think what oftentimes 
creates to again we everyone comes in with their trauma history and you end up you end up filling in based on your trauma history so if your trauma history has a partner that's an alcoholic if all of a sudden you're seeing something in your new relationship you'll be like oh no i wonder if this person's drinking again so you intend to fill in based on where you've been hurt whether it's in your family watching your parents or in your past relationships but i think what a lot of times people when the relationships aren't working or they're not feeling safe it is actually losing or not having that consistency in the beginning do their do their words match their actions? Are their actions consistent? No, nobody's like a static robot, but is there a consistency, right? If you, if they're disappearing for like twenty four hours or forty eight hours, I I don't think that that I don't think that's ever going to make your body feel good, right? So it's the those little things of being consistent that they all kind of back up that yes, their were their actions match their words, and I think that actually brings in that sense of safety as well. Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it does have a whole lot to do with our prior experiences because as you and I have talked about before, the problem in the moment usually isn't the real or the biggest problem. So mm-hmm. yeah, it might be between you and this person and your end of it probably needs to be worked on by whatever has happened to you in the past. That doesn't absolve the other person of whatever may be going on with them. But my own reaction to whatever that person's doing is going to be more based in what I've already experienced from other people. Right. Right. And, you know, you said something, too. You said, I don't I've never seen policing somebody's phone or life. I'll add life into that too. work out well. Let, I, let's talk about that, because I don't think people realize their bodies. When you see people policing other people's phones or bodies, what is it actually they're trying to do? If we were to think if we were to break this down. One of the things that comes to mind is certainty. You know, we all have a need for a, a certain level of certainty. And then to kind of make it more of maybe how our thoughts make it sound, it's like, am I going to be okay? Mm-hmm. In other words, is, is this person going to hurt me again, like the way this other person might have hurt me in the past, or maybe the same person has hurt me. So that need for certainty or that need to know, all right, am I going to be okay right. is real. And so one of the options is to basically put the stranglehold on the other person to make sure you're not going to hurt me again. And then we That's see what right. typically happens. Right. And they're, and just recognizing, I think just even understanding why do I do what I do? Our body thinks if I can get enough evidence, if I can control enough what I can't see, I will keep myself, I will guarantee myself from getting hurt. And so I'm protecting myself that I will not get hurt if I can just get my hands on their phone, if I can just get my hands on doing it because it is out of your control. And as I was doing this training, one of the, the challenges I was putting them in front of them was this thought to say, I cannot prevent somebody from hurting me. I can't, I can't control somebody to the point where they will not cheat on me. And I watched as I sat with these girls, I watched them be like, and it says, I can, I can be aware. I can protect myself, but I cannot prevent myself from being hurt or somebody cheating. And we sat with that from, and I watched two of the girls cry and they said, I have to let go. Don't I? And I thought, yeah, yeah. And then that one of them's like, it makes me sad, but it's also calming. And then we walked it through and said, okay, what what if, what if you did find out somebody was cheating on you? And she said, well, I'd be sad. I'd be, I would be heartbroken. I'd get my friends around me. And I'm like, and then what? And she's like, and eventually, eventually I would be okay. You know? And then we had to walk through and it was almost like this, like letting go because our body thinks if I can keep tabs on it, if I can see what I can't see, if I can see what's going on in their social media, it'll make me feel better. And that only lasts like a hot second. And then it, even if you saw it, then it comes right back up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like a dopamine hit. You know, you get the the pleasure of knowing that everything's okay in the moment. But then, like you said, it doesn't last very long. 
And I, I love the the conversation you had with your your ladies in your group because yeah, it, life is so much better and so much lighter if we just go ahead and let go as best we can. Mm-hmm. But man, you know, like you said, the body tells us to control and check out every detail because it's living only in the moment and mm-hmm. seeing only immediate threats. But if we can help our rational brain to also to have a say we can see like, I don't want to live this way where I'm constantly trying to look at every detail. Right. Because when you're living in the body that's doing that, it feels awful. Like it feels, and then you pair that too with that. Like there was this rush of this dopamine hit of like, okay, let me just check. Or like they're in the shower and let me just check. And you get this like rush and you get this dopamine dopamine hit and then it relieves. And then it goes right back up again. It cycles right back up again. Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I I think that there's a lot of good insight. And I think, and by the way, as we're talking about this, it's not easy, by the way. This is not something easy to do. Like, oh, what? I'm just supposed to let go. No, it's hard. And when your body freaks out, being able to validate, yeah, I know. I know this is hard. I know. I know we saw that. I know we saw that look. We you know, we see it, right? Like it's just validating that it's hard in our body. Yeah. And if you don't validate it, you won't be able to actually accept it and let go at all. So yeah, it is a process. Can I add something to yeah. maybe on the the guy end of this situation that's why i was gonna ask too like do you think this is more female male what do you from a yeah i mean you know i meet with more men generally speaking so i'm I'm more familiar with the male side of things so i I can't say what the percentage of breakdown would be but i know if early in the call she talked about there being this avoidant and anxious combination Mm -hmm. and i could be wrong but i'm assuming maybe the guy is the avoidant and she might be the anxious Mm -hmm. if i'm hearing it right so I've worked with many guys who have that avoidant style, and I've also worked with many guys who are in relationships where either they have broken trust or they're in a relationship with someone who has dealt with broken trust in the past through some other partner. And, and two things come to mind. If, it's, if there is somebody who's avoidant, the other partner's attempts to control that person are only going to send the person running away, either, right. either to a breakup or just to go under the radar or, or maybe even to cheat, you know, maybe they weren't cheating in the first place, but all the pressure and policing almost drove them to another person. Mm-hmm. Again, doesn't make it right. But right. Right. That's right. typically how the avoidant personality goes. But then the other response in, in almost any guy is we, we have a high need for respect. And if someone is policing me, then I feel in a way disrespected. Like I'm not good enough. Like I'm not mature enough to handle my own life. So you're coming in and taking over for me. And if there is that high need of respect in a guy, that that's only going to repel him. No, I think I, I'm so glad I'm so glad we didn't end the conversation where we were because I think this is a valuable part as well. Right. So recognizing it, it's not necessarily just about about her being able to ask everything she needs, but noticing, well, you do that enough times on the other side, his little squirrel is just gonna like want out of the cage. Like he's just gonna want that avoidant. And again, not always. We're just saying he and she, but it very much could be the, the flipped. So uh, but rec- yeah, so even recognizing, okay, that's what could go on when somebody's constantly policing, constantly at the same time so and also they i think men can also hit a place in their brain where they're saying like it doesn't matter i've shown you my phone as many times and it's not making it any better and now there's nothing i can do so they'll either shut down or they'll start to be like no i'm not showing you anymore and it's not because they're hiding something it's simply being like enough is enough right i'm not showing you anymore now i think what and this and we can disagree here which i hope we do because i love having i always love when there's different opinions but i would say you don't want to take away one person's voice altogether where they can't say, hey, you know, 
I saw something on your phone. It just popped up. It was sitting there. Can we look at this together? So I want to be able to find in couples a healthy balance that says, hey, we, I, I'm not going to take away my voice altogether. There are times that I get bumped down in my zone. This is the language that I use. And I may ask and I may want to gather more information. I'm not accusing you. I'm not going after you. I'm not sleuthing. But I am saying, boy, I could. my body really got tripped by this. I saw some like heart emojis come up on your phone. Can we look at this together? So we want to find this place where there is still like an open open with or transparency with whether it's phones or, or screens or whatever, any other part of your life. But But it has a balance to it. Right. I don't know. What do you think? hundred percent. And I was going to bring that up if you didn't. So I'm glad you did. If there, there are, there are plenty of situations where I have worked with somebody who refuses to even talk in an open back and forth, transparent way like that. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, if they, if they won't enter the conversation, Mm-mm. that's huge, huge red flag. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. They've, they've got to be willing to move and meet toward the middle for each other. And like you said, if, if the person notices something on the other person's phone, yeah, bring it up. Absolutely. And try your best to bring it up in as neutral of a way as possible. I know there's there are emotions involved, but bringing it up with a hysterical kind of a, I don't know, uh, just an instant, we got to get to the bottom of this now. That's, right. that's only going to send them scaring. But yeah, absolutely. Open transparency, meet toward the middle. Well, that I think that's the key right there is it's not react it's it's not never addressing what you've seen that worries you or concerns you. It's doing it in a way that feels better in your body. Doing it instead of a reactive, accusatory, it's an impulsive reaction. Can I shift and calm my nervous system down? And this is like what we were working on in the training was can I shift and calm my nervous system so that my brain stays intact because I'm now calm and I can go in and say, hey, can we look at this together? Or you know. I, I'm not sure I'd be okay with that. And, and I'm not sure I'd ever be okay with that. And if it were a situation reverse, I don't think you'd like it very much either. So I can, I can, it's how I handle it. It's not never handling it. It's being able to handle it in a way that feels better in our body. Sure. Yeah. And that, that goes back to the whole principle of couples who never argue. They claim it's a healthy relationship, but mm-hmm. no, I'm sorry. <laughs> you have to be able to argue and deal with conflict. If you don't deal with it, you're just pretending. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about this, but like to me, to me, the highest, like, oh, we got a, We got major issues here are not the ones that are like the high conflict, unless of course it, it turns more physical. It's the ones that have no conflict. That's the ones that I'm like, oh, oh, we really, this is going to be a challenge. Like I, cause I, it, conflict argument, being able to discuss things, I'm looking at, okay, how do we repair? Because that's allowing two people to come into the relationship. If there's no fighting, there's either no one in the relationship or there's one person in the relationship, right? Because you can't have two people with who are actually bringing themselves without at least like sometimes the cars kind of run a little bumpers. We're having some fender benders, right? Yes, exactly. Sometimes they come in, there's like full-blown accidents. Like we're just like <laughs> into each other. <laughs> So as an athlete, I love that. So I've had many coaches in my life, but one of the times that really stuck out to me was a coach that yelled at us. And we were, you know, we were pretty young, probably 12, 13. And at first we were kind of in shock that that he yelled at us. But after it was over, we kind of talked amongst ourselves. And one guy said, you know what? I'm glad he cares enough about us to yell at us. Hmm. And I'm not condoning yelling in a relationship. (laughs) But the point is, does the person care enough to engage in a conflict? Ooh, that's good. It's, it's, it's just the version of, like you said, it's, it's either one person in the relationship or none. But mm-hmm. if two people really care about each other and care about maintaining a relationship, mm-hmm. they're going to enter into that conflict. Yes, yes, yes. And and I, to, to piggyback on that too, right? If you're really in a relationship with, and, and your authentic self, then it's you showing up. 
right? So actually the relationship, if being like, well, then I'm always like, well, who exactly is in this relationship? Are you putting a false front forward? Are you not even, are you even absent? Because if you're like, hey, this is me and this is all that comes with me, eventually, you know, like the cars are going to run into each other and it's learning how to, to maneuver and navigate those cars. And sometimes we get in a traffic jam and we got to back our cars out take a breather and try going through the intersection again. Right. So it's really, it is that showing up to that authentic self is actually a way of saying, I love you enough that I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm here and I'm present. And and, it, and so therefore sometimes it's not going to go easy because we are, we're wired different. We get triggered different. We cope differently. We communicate differently. Um, and therefore that's when the cars kind of, kind of crash. Absolutely. And can I hang in there through something uncomfortable? Yeah. As we know, it's uncomfortable in the body. And the longer I can at at least remain somewhat comfortable in the uncomfortable, then I can resolve my issues. I like that. Yeah. And I think, and that hanging in and leaning into the uncomfortable, that's what us as therapists really teach are teaching people. Growing is increasing our ability to tolerate the uncomfortable in a way that I can manage it. I can shift and help my body come back down so that I'm not reactive. I'm not like fight, flight mode, freeze mode that I'm able to calm my body so that we can communicate. And the reason why I keep coming back to the calming the body, because you lose that front part of your brain, that prefrontal cortex that does all of our logic reasoning that's rational. When you are in a fight or flight mode, if you're in a survival response, you lose that front part of your brain, which is why often you will not even remember what you're fighting about because it's like all guns out, boom, like, right. We're like, you know, arrows are flying and and we're not, we lose that front part of even remembering what we were fighting about. Yep, exactly. We've got to help. Well, the way I try to explain it is, there's a caveman or cavewoman who lives in all of us. And mm. that caveman, cavewoman's job is designed to keep us alive. And the front part of the brain is not where the caveman lives, but the front part gets shut down by caveman. Caveman takes over everything. Yep. So if we, can, if we can regulate our body, take a 15 second pause, then we got all parts of our brain working again, hopefully. Yeah. I love it. I love, I always think those analogy, those visuals are really, really what stick with people. All right. We ready to move on to the next. Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Um, this one I'll read out loud. I got this on the Instagram too. You're more than welcome to DM me on Instagram, same name, and send me your questions as well. Okay. Just wanted to say a huge uh, thank you for your podcast. I'm an avid listener and a huge fan. Oh, thank you. Very sweet. Um, I really related to the last caller in your latest podcast, the girl who asked the question on self protection versus checked boxes, because I also recently went through a similar situation In my case, I also ended it with the guy because he said he was only looking for something casual, even even though we'd been seeing each other for a couple months. And by that point, I really liked him. I guess I'm just feeling a little disheartened because my best friend and I started online dating around the same time three years ago. And where I've always stayed away from anybody who wanted casual, I know for a fact that when she met her current partner, oh, oh. Okay. When she met her current, this is the friend. When she met her current partner, she liked him so much that she lied to him and said she was only looking for casual too, because that's what he said he wanted. Now, two and a half years later, they've announced their wedding for February. (laughs) Okay. It can be frustrating feeling like I'm doing the right thing and ending up with numerous situationships and a string of heartbreaks, whereas somebody else who chooses the seemingly wrong path and ends up in a loving, stable relationship kind of makes me feel like I should also start lying from the beginning and seeing if that might make a difference in my luck with dating. Man. (laughs) 
Oh, oh. <laughs> first of all, th this poor person. I, oh my goodness, I feel bad because oh, I know seeing, seeing your dream happen in front of somebody else. Was, oh my god! I also be like, God damn! Like I want to be like, Oh man! Like gosh! Like it's oh. just like, but because if you know what comes to me is if we try to approach this like a recipe. Then somebody comes along, fucks up the recipe, and then we want to know why their cake turns out so well. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, that's what we have going on here, right? Right. You didn't even do the right ingredients. Your ingredients are bad. And now you end up with this beautiful cake like that. And I'm following what I'm supposed to be doing, and I'm not. Right. Oh, oh that's so Can sad. You... <laughs> so, uh, I mean, so the first thought, many thoughts, so this, because the situation has so many layers mm. to it. But mm -hmm. one thought is, the <laughs> the outlier happens all the time. If you look at a bell curve, you know yeah. most people fall between the the main part of the curve. But then there's always the outliers. And if you try to base your whole reality and your whole lens that you see your life on someone, some outlier that ends up defying the odds, boy, you're in some trouble there. I have, I have some other thoughts too, but that's that's the first one. Yeah, you know, same. You know. Um... You know, growing up, I mean, my, you know, my, my, pri my private practice is, is just open to, to everybody. Although I do, uh, you know, having grown up with a conservative Christian background, although I would say I'd sit differently in my spirituality now, I often work with a lot of people that are, that are, have that similar background of, of Christianity or of that evangelical Christian com community. And that's one of the things I've noticed, particularly, I mean, I can think of a client right now where, you know, and I've, I mean, just seen amazing growth with this client, but really coming out of the sense of like, I'm doing everything the right way and I'm not getting, where's my person? This is, where's the person that God has for me? And I'm doing it the right way. And I said, yeah, it's kind of like you're standing in one of those really long lines in and out. I mean, being from California, anyone from California knows, you know, knows the lines that come with in and out and you wait in it. You wait in the line, you wait for an hour in line in and out because it's so worth it because you're getting the the damn burger that you really want. And it's so good. And I said, you're waiting and you're waiting year after year in line in and out because you and you are expecting, you're expecting to get your burger and it should become because you're doing it the right way and you're waiting in line and somebody comes along and it's like they come up and all of a sudden they're just grabbing food and they haven't waited in line and you're pissed off and angry because they're getting a burger and their burger actually and their food's really good and they haven't waited in line like you have and she was like yeah <laughs> yeah and i and, and there speaks to that sense of i should if i follow these steps and i do it then i should be getting that loving relationship and like you said there's always outliers there's there's always we can't approach this as a recipe and if we see someone else that it's successful our brain goes well now maybe i'll try that oh you met your guy on hinge okay well let me jump onto that app let me try that <laughs> one because you sound your why your brain naturally is going to go where it saw success so it's going to try to it's going to try to duplicate it but when it duplicates it with something that the, the key isn't if it works the key is how does it sit in your body if you were to do what she did how would that sit in your body that's where i would take it back to yeah that's great how it sits in your body and then a lot of it is what's the wise thing to do mm. you know because we have plenty of options of how to meet people and like you said there's different apps and philosophies and whatnot and a lot of times we can check in with ourselves and our body and our, our just the, the way we see the life around us is what's the wise thing to do in this situation. Mm -hmm. And one thing to bring up as well is that, okay, her friend got married. 
that's about all she knows, at least for sure. She can't, number one, she cannot predict the future. And she doesn't really know how fulfilling, how satisfying that relationship really is. Mm -hmm. they, they have the title of marriage, but we just don't know. We can't assume that it's just the, the happiest marriage ever. It, it might end up being that that person maybe might not have married, might should have not married that person. Who knows? That, that's Point right. Is, and when somebody's marrying, we write a script of like success, happy ever after. And we don't we don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the assumption, the assumption is so dangerous. Oh, it is. You know, I am um, uh, with a different with a, a, a different client. I remember having a conversation um, several months ago where there was a concern um, because if a cl my client was having doubts in a relationship and her relationship and and I said, well, wait, hold on, like, is it normal to have doubts in a relationship? And what we came to was that the fact that she had a friend and the friend, the friend was about ready to be engaged and the friend had zero doubts zero doubts in the relationship. And I said, well, hold on. Just because someone has no doubts going into a marriage doesn't mean it's going to be a successful one. Right. And all of a sudden it was just this like, she's like, you're right. Right. The sense of saying like, oh, just because it sounds like she got in line, she did everything right. She got the hamburger does not necessarily mean it turns out happy ever after. We just don't know. Right. And yet yeah. our body looks, it looks like it, like it wants to get a commodity. It treats marriage, it treats finding your person like getting a hamburger, like a right. commodity. Exactly. That that title of being married can can be, you know, something we do chase after, like, like a commodity or a burger. And especially for for guys, there is this sense of I'm putting my identity into the fact that yes, I'm now a husband. You know, that somehow makes me feel more secure, feel better about myself. So I think that's that's one other step we need to look at is what holes am I trying to fill here? Yeah, I would say same on the female side. All of a sudden, it's like, because all of a sudden, if I'm married, oh, what actually comes with it? Okay, that means I'm lovable. That means that um, there's nothing wrong with me, right? So there's so much that we're feeling that that's validating. By the way, we're not demonizing marriage or relationships. I mean, can I absolutely say, do, do what I love to be married? Sure. What I would do, I, I mean, we can say this to ourselves. Would I want to have a partner and spend my life with somebody? Absolutely. Absolutely. But we also want to say, whether that is there or not, am I okay? Right. right. As if that's there or not, am I still lovable and valuable and worthy? Like what, what am I, what have I connected to that? What is that hinging on? Right. So being yeah. able just to question and assess that. Absolutely. Am I okay in either state? And I think, you know, so many times love songs, Hollywood movies, they try to paint this picture of you complete me. I'm nothing without you. How do I, mm -hmm. you know, the, you probably remember the song that how do I live without you? How do I breathe without you? Yes, we, we are sounds... dating. Okay, you're you're younger than I am, but we are dating ourselves. The fact that we like I can't breathe, <laughs> right? Yes, I mean, exactly. we, I think, right? But it's true, right? There is there is that that sense. But sometimes we swing to the other part, which is like I don't need anybody. I'm fine. Well, it's also okay to be like, yeah, I'm building a rich life that I enjoy, that I have, that there's a lot of value in it, and at the same time, would I love to share it with somebody? Yes. Whenever we get two in our head, though, trying to figure out a puzzle, one of my favorite TikToks I saw recently was this gal who was like, I'm so tired of my grandma saying what the when you know, when you stop wanting it is when you'll find it. The, you know, the when you stop caring or when you least expect it, it'll be happening. She's like, I'm trying to make myself least expect it. And it's still not happening. Right. I'm, I'm still trying to figure out a puzzle. Right. Yep. And the minute I'm trying to figure out a puzzle, the minute I'm trying to follow a recipe in order to get what I want. Well, maybe if I didn't care so much, maybe if I didn't care so much, then it would come my way. It doesn't work like that. No. 
doesn't work. Then we're like, okay, I don't care. I don't care, but I really do care, but I'm going to pretend like I don't care. I mean, like that never goes well. Right? Right. It's just a different tactic within the same game of trying to mm. get that recipe. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So what, let's, so what would be our driving advice for this sweet little thing? Ooh, oh my goodness. Well, first of all, I, I would love to give her a hug. Right. That, that can do so much more than words. Yeah. So I, I would first encourage her to get around people that, that can give her those hugs and, and let her know that, that she's loved and she's valued and she is important. And so, yeah, addressing those needs. I, I mean, let, I'm going to just end with that. I'm, I'll let you yeah. handle the other stuff. No, I mean, I, I want to get in on the group hug too with her too. And also to be almost laugh and be like, dude, that sucks. Like, <laughs> man, to watch that in front of you at the same time, I would want to be like, oh man, I'm so sorry. Like that just sucks to see. And I can almost imagine her face being like, I know, right? And I'd be like, yeah, we'd all be like, yeah, right. Like that just, right. Yeah. And then I would go back to the sense of saying, it may have worked for her body to sit in it or not. We don't know. But would it work for your body to sit in something where you were trying to pretend like you're casual when it would not? How does that sit with you? Would that feel okay with your little girl? I'm always about like that inner child. Would your little girl girl being like, but we don't want this. I mean, it, would she be okay? Or would it feel like we're neg neglecting our little girl and trying to be like, Shh, be quiet. We're trying to get what we want. And she's, she's feeling not heard. And she's not feeling seen because that's not really what she wants. And again, there's no right or wrong here. You can. You can't do that, but we want to be able to say, how's that going to sit in your body? Is that going to feel good? Or is it going to feel like you're just almost like violating yourself because that's not what she's desiring. So we want to create this internal parent and a healthy internal parent is both nurturing and protective. And I would say, does that feel nurturing to her? And does that feel protective of her? And, and there's, and again, no judgment. You get to decide, can I sit in that? And some people experiment and be like, let me experiment and try. Okay experiment and try. And then they will come back and be like, oh, yeah, that's okay. Or they'll be like, oh no, that didn't, that didn't feel super great. But that's what we're looking for is this, can I be nurturing and protective of, of my body? And just because it works for somebody else does not mean that would sit well. And it's not about like, we just will have to suffer through it in order to get the outcome that we want. Yeah. Because I don't think that's going to, again, you're not promised anything. And if anything, if you sit in something that feels miserable in your body, and then you don't get the outcome you want, you're going to be bitter as hell. Ooh. Yes, bitter, bitter is the exact word. Bitter is because, the word. Yeah, then I'm owed it. I did this. I should get the outcome I wanted. And when you don't, man, you're going to be, because you don't know the future. None of us yeah. do. And the other word that comes to my mind is there's a lack of peace. Mm. If you're going if you're going against, kind of like to use your language, if you're going against what your inner child, the little girl is telling you, there's going to be that constant tension and you just won't have peace. Mm-hmm. Right. And the girlfriend who did is in that place where she's she's getting engaged. She didn't know the outcome she was going to get. You guys can see it now, but she mm -hmm. very much could have had a different outcome and been like, well, fuck, that was like a waste of my time. Or now I feel horrible. We don't that we don't know what the future holds and, and we don't know what the future of their marriage holds. Like you were exactly. saying. Exactly. Exactly. And it, that's the thing is it comes back to that idea of humility that we were joking about earlier. But it's it's a humble thing to say, I don't know what's going to happen. That's right. Because again, our brain wants certainty. It wants to fill in those gaps and assume we know what's going to happen. But having that humility to just say, I, I truly don't know. Yeah. So I come back to how are we doing now? Does this work for me now? I'm not stuck. How is this sitting with me now? And so I come back to just keeping that pulse on myself. Right. All right. You ready for our last question? Oh, yeah. This is fun. I like this. I change, change it up the pace a little bit. Go on. Bouncing around all kinds of topics. I know. I love it. I love it. Love it. Okay. 
All right, here we go. I love listening to your podcast. It's helped me so much, especially as a 31 year old single woman. I have been having a hard time with dating after around four years, my ex fiance and I broke up. So they were together four years, ex fiance and her broke up. I had another relationship shortly after that. That was great. And nine months that lasted nine months, but I just wasn't ready. Now it's been over three years and I've dated a lot, but none have lasted more than a month or so. Recently, I started dating a guy that is so nice and is obsessed with me, but he is a 35 year old virgin. My therapist's mouth literally dropped open when I told her that, uh, as a therapist, I want I want to know your reaction on that part. So just hold, just yeah. put a pin in that one. Okay, <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't necessarily know he was a thirty five year old virgin, but he's very shy and sweet and timid. We do have things in common, but I'm just thinking that maybe he isn't for me. But it is because I feel that he is nervous and shaking, and there is no chase because he is all about me. My mom thinks I just don't like anyone that likes me. I love how mom's got to give their input. There it is. Inter <laughs> in, like injected in there. Right? My mom thinks I just don't like anyone that likes me, but that isn't true. I don't want to lose a great guy. If you have any thoughts, I'd love to hear. One of your favorite listeners. Oh, thank you, doll. You do have the best people that watch and listen to you. And and uh, for a good reason. You are you uh, are the the lovable one and, and the wise one. So well, I just think a lot of people too need a like a mom. I'm with you. I'm I think a hug. A hug solves so much. I mean, I think if we just hugged more in this world and just, you know, looked at people and just, you know, just know and acknowledging them, you know, even just side note, because a hug says, I see you. A, a hug says like, oh yeah, I, I've got you. I see you. Right. And that sense. And sometimes that's all people get. They don't, they don't get that in the rest of their life. And if we can just pause and just like, I see you, you know, I think we just need to hug more and solve a lot of stuff. Let's do it. Okay. Yeah. Let's thoughts, Trey thoughts. Okay, so the the first thought is there's so much information we do not know. Right. So I'm almost hesitant to say anything, but the one thing that that really perturbs me was the therapist's reaction to what's the same. Same. Yes. I was thinking the same thing. Ooh, I, I mean, I have to hold in my own reaction on this one. <laughs> but, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, this basic counseling 101 is stay neutral. Yeah. You know, there, of course, there's exceptions to that, but. In this situation, that seems like it's not neutral, it's judging. And therefore, one of my fears is that it could have caused some shame to happen in, in this young lady. Uh, just to see that therapist's reaction of jaw dropping open, that that immediately, if I'm trying to put myself in the client's position, I'm immediately feeling judged like I'm not okay or something's wrong here. Right. Or if, or as a client, if I'm starting to question, is this normal? Is this weird? Her re there, that reaction of a therapist is going to almost reinforce like, Oh, Oh yeah, this is weird. There is something, there is something. Um, and, and I, I, again, I'm not, I, I don't come from a very, I mean, I don't, I don't sit in a pool of, of conservative Christian, uh, I'd say beliefs now. However, I know for a lot of people, that's part of their moral compass. That's yeah. part of their morality. Yeah, there are, there can be other reasons for sure. You're right. Um, and again, I'm with you. I, we have to start out with the disclaimer that says there's a lot of information we don't know here. Um, and so again, there's always exceptions. There's always narratives that we aren't privy to. Um, but what we can do is just point out what what we see. And one of them is like, again, as a therapist, that would be my, that's exactly where I would have started with being like, no, no, our job would be to sit with her and just to be like, okay, all right, let's see if we can figure this one out. Okay, we don't hear that very often. What do you think of that? Well, what do you what what goes on in you when you think about him not um, or, or being a virgin at at thirty five, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and what does that mean? What are you thinking it means initially, and then as you kind of work through what your body is telling you, what 
ultimately are you going to land on as far as what this means? R right. It, and I think I... Way. Yeah. And I think I would take it with like, well, have you got, I mean, depending how long you're, if you haven't been together long, understandable, but eventually what would it look like to have conversations with him about sexuality, yeah. you know, as a 35 year old? I mean, eventually you're not going to start out on your first, you know, month or two of this, but like, yeah, like what is, what does masturbation look like? What does pornography look like? And like, let's talk about these things. That's got to be interesting as a 34, 35 year old male with a human body that works and, you know, has certain needs. Let's talk about that. And again, Again, that's not always comfortable for everybody, but I think in the long run, it's going to make you feel a lot better. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to know the whole person eventually. So you're going to have to broach some uncomfortable topics, whether it's sexual based or some other topic. Right. right. Well, the and so let's talk about the other thing that really stood out to me was the, the part about him being um, obsessed with her. Um, and when I look at when I look at words like obsessed, I would say in and I've done a lot of TikTok videos on this one because there's a lot of TikTok videos where like if he's not obsessed with me, then I don't want him, right? And I'm thinking, well, in theory, you say that. In theory, you say you'd want someone obsessed, but then when all of a sudden he truly is obsessed, and all of a sudden you can't breathe and you don't have space to go hang out with your friends, you're not going to want somebody that's obsessed. I think the pieces that are important. It sounds like he's timid. It sounds like he's shy. But I would say, does he have other pieces in his life outside of you? I think that is important for us to have pieces of. Does he have friends? Does he have a family? Um, I would say, can you see him with how he interacts with his friends or family or coworkers or something else to realize he does have a life outside of you? Right. And I think that's an important piece too. obsessed works until it doesn't. And eventually you're going to end up feeling smothered. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's like back to those love songs. It all sounds good in theory and it sounds mm -hmm. good to a melody. And then reality hits and we realize, oh, yeah, that's not exactly what I wanted. And to, to, to go back to your point, does this guy, does anybody have other parts of his life that he's building his identity on? In other words, is he choosing you or does he need you? Oh, that's good. And choosing are two different things. Oh, I um, love that one. I think that's going to be one of our sound. I got, I mean, that's, that's the sound bite right there. Is he, is he choosing you or does he need you? Right. Yeah. 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 Cause if, if I need somebody, then I'm asking you to be my source, to be the thing that lets me know I'm okay. Mm -hmm. But if I'm choosing you, then I'm already okay. I'm already at a fulfilled place and I'm wanting to share that good place and that joy with you. Mm -hmm. Right, exactly. She also brought in the element that he is timid and he is shy and recognizing too, not everybody's wired the same way. And again, I we, we're not privy to, to either of their, I mean, we know a little bit of her history. We don't know if he's dated before. We don't know if he's had even a relationship before. Yeah. You know, and and that's not to say there can't. I had um, in my last podcast episode, I had on these two girls, um, and they they actually met because they met on TikTok, and they had um, the one thing they had in common is they like liked my videos, and so and I met them in a group, and they were just the cute. They were so sweet, but they were telling me about their romantic relationship. They've been together a year. One of them came out of being married to a man. And I'm not sure. I mean, this was on the podcast last week and and talking about going into a same sex relationship. And then the other gal had she's in her 30s, had never been in a relationship, period. And she was coming in with having no experience of being in a relationship. I mean, the fact that they've been together a year, I was just like, I love you, girls like you. You know what it means to lean into hard and to figure things out. And I don't know if you can hear the dogs barking in the background, but real it. life, they're going to keep going on in the background. It's, I mean, I I would yell. Maybe I need to yell. Pipe down. Maybe I, maybe I need to scream a little bit. That's um, right. Release it. Shut up. No, I'm just kidding. Um, 
But but recognizing, too, we don't know his history. We don't know if he's ever been in a relationship before. What I would look for, if it feels like he's shaky and nervous, I would say, does that look like that's something over time that calms? Does that feel like it comes down at all? Or does it feel like it gets stuck up there? Um, and again, that's where you just kind of have to watch with your eyes. It sounds like she thought he was a nice guy. It sounds like there was enough there that I would say that's why you date. You date to get in the house and walk around. Because you can't tell what the inside of the house is from outside. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You got you to hang in there long enough to figure out what the house looks like. And really, it's it, as best you can, take some pressure off of yourself and treat it yeah. as a friendship that you're just getting to know yes. the person and enjoy the time. Yes. I, I think that's something we can't say enough. It's like relationships are about practice. They're about human beings. If it's about success or failure, you will load it too big. You'll load yeah. it too heavy that you'll have to have it all figured out before you get in the house. No, right. it's just, is there enough there that I said, no, I saw enough there that was worth me going in and figuring it out. And I may come out of that house saying, okay, no, for next time, based on this house, I've learned this would not work for me or this would not work for me, but we don't have a manual. It has to be a practice mentality. It can't be about success or failure. Yeah. It's gotta be the process. And can I add one thing about that word obsessed? Yeah. That word bothers me because it's so subjective because mm -hmm. what one person might see as obsessed, another person might see as normal pursuing. Because again, back to that thing, we don't know all the, all the information in this particular sure. question. Yeah. So is it, is it that she's just never had somebody really take an interest in her before and she's calling that obsessed? Who knows? That's so true. I'm curious because you work with a lot of guys. Do you hear... Um... Do you hear what do you do you hear anything about the whole like the nice guys, how nobody wants the nice guys or the guys that are doing all those things that like that actually that's not what that they end up being rejected. What do you what do you do you see that or what do you see when you when you see the nice guys that like do so much for somebody and all of them are like nobody wants the nice guy. Yeah, I, I mean, I see it in the office. I see it on TikTok, like you're saying, it's it's it is frustrating and it's it's kind of one of the ways that that I find myself really being empathetic towards some of these guys. Uh, similar to the question to the previous question is like, first, let's put our arm around them and say, man, that it, it sucks. It does suck. Mm -hmm. And then after they've been sort of heard and empathized with, then they can start to calm it back down and realize, okay, what is my strategy? Was, was I coming from a place of, of need of, of desperation or not? And if they really feel like they weren't, if they felt like they were coming from a, from a, from a secure spot, yeah, then, then at that point, okay, well maybe this other person just wasn't, a good fit for you. Maybe it just didn't work for you. Right. Exactly. So I think once you're able to kind of sit with them, be able to get their body back down, then we can say, okay, let's, let's assess not in a way of critical, not beating ourselves up, but let's just say, okay, note, note for next time. Do I like how I was attentive to them? I also like to a sense of like, cause if we do too much for somebody, then oftentimes it can be like, so we want to be able to say, could we even trickle it in more? Or if I'm being attentive and I'm doing something for you, let me, let me pull back and also say, do I see balls coming the other way? Right. It, are they doing stuff for me? Because sometimes we get so caught up in, look at how I'm showing up, look how I'm loving this person. But it's all about like that. And it's not really, well, wait, what are they doing on there? And, and again, it's not tit for tack. It's not like 50-50, but we do want to make sure that both people are initiating something caring, whether it's doing something kind, setting a date, reaching out. Because if your partner never initiates, then you never get the message, um, I want you. And all we say is, I did, look at, I did all this. I like, I was such the kind guy. I was such the kind girl. I was such the attentive girl. Well, well hold on. Where was the tennis game in all of this, right? right? Did you also give them space to be able to pursue you? 
right? And so we got to have more of that even tennis game. Again, not 50-50, but just an even tennis game where both people can initiate. Both people yeah. can start things. Yes, both people have got to initiate. And uh, the tennis game is the perfect visual because uh, one of the things I say is it's got to be this rhythm of reciprocating. Yeah. It, it can't be 50-50. That's impossible. But is the general rhythm one of reciprocation back and forth? Right, right. Okay, so I hate to divide things by the sexes, but I'm going to do that for a moment. It's not, <laughs> this is not everybody. I know there's always exceptions, but oftentimes I will see young girls who, who in their excitement and going on a few dates and finding someone that just feels like it, they will almost be like, okay, I'll take over now. Thank you. And they get so excited and they're planning these dates, the kind they see on Instagram that people are posting and they're already running with like already down, down the path. And they get so excited and caught up with the idea of it that they're, it's almost as if they're hitting the tennis ball over there and being like, I'll run over and hit back for you. And they're like running back and forth to the both sides of the court, not realizing, uh, I think he might've gotten off the court. And then they wonder why all of a sudden, like, he's not doing it or he's not doing enough or they don't realize that he's not serving it, but he hasn't been serving the ball for months because you've done all the serving. So we get, we can get so caught up and not to say not to get excited and not to say like, okay, we're taking away from that fun time in the beginning, but we do want to make sure we're holding back enough so that we're saying, wait, wait are, are they initiating? Are they serving the ball? Because sometimes it'll be months before we realize, well, they didn't serve the ball, but they haven't, they, they never served the ball or they haven't served the ball since the beginning. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I love that. And it really goes back to that first, that original question coming down to control again. Yeah. Is, oh, I, love it. Am I getting yeah. excited? You know, the excitement is great, but am I letting the excitement turn into this fear of I've got to keep this going? Yes. Yeah, exactly. Or if it starts to feel like it's fading, then all of a sudden the body's like, wait, where to go? We lost it. And there's there's that we, we feel we, we lost a sense of safety. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I, there was a video that I, one of my early, early, so I've got a, 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 I've got an awesome team right now, but they're starting to take some of my earlier videos from like a year and a half ago to build out YouTube and, and Instagram. And so I've seen videos I haven't seen in over a year. And there's this one, one of the first video, early videos that I actually duetted it. And it was like, they were, it was like people that were on a boat on a river on, you know, on a lake, you know, like where you have like water skiers behind you. And this was like a big, like floaty raft. And it like the boat's like hauling ass, right? And this this floaty raft goes like up in the air, and then just like you see it, you you see all the <laughs> you see all the people like their bodies like fly, and the raft comes like slamming down with like one body barely holding on. Right. And I said, as high as you go up in a relationship is how fast you're going to come crashing down. And like it was so, and, and bodies go flying. By the way, but we <laughs> want to be able to build an on ramp to a relationship, and we can be excited, but we want to also say like, no, we need time. I need time to be able to see if I get so caught up in the idea of them, then I'm falling in love with this idea of the relationship and the dates and what this is going to look like on Instagram, as opposed to saying, I need time and time will help me if it's consistent. Time's actually going to be, which I will have to control less if I can watch more that their actions are consistent and that their actions match their words. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. Back to that idea of safety. Yeah. Gotta have, gotta have the seatbelt. Be, be excited, you know, riding a sports car, but wear a seatbelt. That's right. That's right. And I, I love it. And I think that that takes time and you can't get that up front. You can't get that up front. And that's something. And I also framed it as one of the, it's oftentimes when people's relationships aren't working or they're trying to figure out why this is not working or why they're losing interest. I would say it's oftentimes confusion and we would never call it confusion, but it's confusing because what you're saying to me isn't matching what you're doing, or it's confusing because you're like here and then you disappear and that doesn't feel good on my body. Right. right? 
And so it's the, it, when our body, oh, thank you, body, we're confused because there's some kind of inconsistency. Consistency is what makes our body feel safe, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then those missing gaps of information come mm-hmm. along with the confusion. And then mm-hmm. our brain is going to make the assumptions to try to fill in those gaps. And again, that's where we get in trouble because we're making the assumptions based on something we just don't know. Right. And, and I mean, to tie it into our first caller too, and that's that sends off that anxious avoidant cycle again. It does. It does. That need for safety is real. Right. It is. And if you try to pretend like you can like work your way around it because you want to be the cool one and you want to be able to be like, oh no, like I'm the cool girl. I'm the cool guy. I'm good. Like I'm detached. Like that, that will work until like that panic part of you kicks in. Right. And so if you try to be that person, it that will work until it doesn't because, because safety is something that you can't avoid and you can't work around. It has to be a foundation that's underneath. Exactly. Well, okay. I have to tell you, I just like love where we got to today. I feel like it almost like wrapped up with a nice little bow at the end too. I know we got it right back to the starting point. I know. I know. If you were to like everything we talked about today, what for you would be like, is there a highlight or sorry, I was like, Ooh, if I had to take away one nugget from today, or if I could share, if I could, if I could give one nugget to people listening, what would you, I love, I don't know why I feel like the word, I love words. I always, I love the word nugget. I don't know yes. why I just... Like, I just, I don't know. I feel like yeah. It's oh, yeah. I think for me, and, and I think in terms of people's stories, mm. a lot of these, I think all three of these questions have a, have a common theme of a story of they need to be heard. They need to be empathized with. They need that hug. You know, because mm-hmm. every, every other bit of information you and I talked about, it came down the waterfall after that place of like, okay, yeah, let's feel it. Let's, let's acknowledge yeah. this is hard and how it feels in our body all the other tactical stuff can't happen until that moment happens. Yeah. You know, that's so funny. I'm walking away with the same feeling. It's not knowledge that we're sharing in this case. It's not, and yet there is knowledge here that may be helpful, but I think it's that starting with validating the stories and just being like, man, right. And just, you know, I have to, in, in my career, in my work, probably the the some of the moments that delight me the most, I can even think of this sweet little thing who I've been seeing for like five years and when she walks in my room and she's like, Lisa, sit down. I have got a story for you. And I, I have to tell you, I beam. I, I mean, I just want to hug this little thing, but like, and I can sit with her in that story and just hearing the story and listening with her and, and watching how much it delights her to share it with me. And I think that is what we're giving people is this, like, we are hearing your stories, man. The first thing we want to do is give you a hug. We want to be able to validate and be like, that sucks or, oh, that's a hard one. And I think that has so much power. So my encouragement would be, who's in your life right now that you could make time for? Who's in your life you could pause and give a hug? Just drive by their house, knock on their door, give them a hug, right? Who can you send a text to that just says, I am thinking about you, like you are my, one of my favorites, right? I mean, that always goes such a long way. And yet we don't stop and we don't make time for it. And it's so powerful. Yeah, absolutely. Even even like you said, even as something as simple as a text, because mm-hmm. a lot of the guys I know are not really going to run up and hug me. But if somebody just sends a text saying, hey, thinking about you, how you doing? That's like, all right, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm feeling it. Yeah. And if you're someone right now, you're like, I want to hug so bad and I don't have anyone. I'd say, all right, where, where are your pets? Do you, do, do you have a fur baby? Grab those right? Do you have a niece or nephew? Grab somebody, something that you can hold on to and get that hug and touch, which is so important to these bodies and what they long for and what they need. Well, I loved it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I can't thank you enough for coming back on again. Tell people where they can find you because your, your, your stuff's amazing. 
Well, thank you. And I'm, I'm just, I'm here in your shadow. I appreciate you having me on as always. So, so Trey Tucker and you can search Trey Tucker, I think on any of the Instagram, TikTok, whatever platforms. And if that doesn't work, just search rugged counseling and ruggedcounseling.com is the website. Awesome. Well, you, you guys know where to find them. Good insight, good wisdom. Um, okay. So our next one's going to be, we talked about it. We're going to be doing how to handle the the family at the holidays. Man, I'm going to have to do some homework on this one. This We're going to have to like, I, I'm going to have to pull up my sleeves. Maybe I will take off the Steelers sweatshirt and find something else. Um, but we are, yes, I think we need to prepare for the holidays. And that I really want to give people a tool belt of of tools that really you go in with some real good tools of like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeful this will go better because I have some things that I can try. So we'll have that coming up soon. As I wrap up, as always, you can find the on my stand store. It's in any of my bios. They have there's online groups once a month. The one in November is um, I'm mad. What do I do with my mad? It's going to be on how to handle our anger. We love your voice memos. If you could keep sending those voice memos to Lisa at sellmymomsatherapist.com or you can DM me on Instagram. Try to keep them 60 to 90 seconds, but um, send your, your questions our way so we can keep answering them. And with that, we'll sign off. <laughs>